Hello, everyone. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. For Marcus Lopez, I'm your host for the hour, Larry Smith. On today's program, a continuation of our Urban Indigenous Los Angeles series as we speak with California Indigenous community members on sacred sites in upcoming community events, the annual pilgrimage known as the Ancestors Walk from Panhe to Pavungna and at San Pedro, California, the many winters gathering of elders coming up from October 10th to October 13th. We'll speak with community organizers of these cultural and community events. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. You can hear when the moon shines the lone through air in the black of the night You can hear, you can hear The whisper in the valley mm-hmm. And you know when come a cunny blows To the bar who drum It's the warriors who are marching mm-hmm. Down the mountain mm-hmm. Because history ain't no mystery In the first segment of today's program here on American Indian Airwaves, we continue with our ongoing series on urban indigenous Los Angeles with longtime California indigenous community member, organizer, and activist from the Hachiman Nation, Rebecca Robles. She is the principal organizer of this year's annual Ancestors Walk happening October 5th of 2019. The Ancestors Walk the 22nd annual pilgrimage of the Tongva and Ahachiman people carrying prayers for our ancestors and future generations. The Ancestors Walk is a pilgrimage from the traditional sacred village site of Panhe, located in the center of the Ahachiman Wanenyo Nation in San Diego County and concludes at Pavungna in Long Beach, California. This is the principal organizer and longtime community member and activist, Rebecca Robles, on this year's Ancestor Walk, happening October 5th of 2019. So um, it's nice talking to you, Larry. And I wanted to to remember the walk was started by my mother, Lillian Robles. And in her lifetime, she had seen so much change. You know, so many of the open fields, trees, beaches, you know, beaches that were public be altered by all of the the development. And so in the last 15 years of her life, she worked towards preservation of uh, sacred sites and culture sites because she felt that going back to the land was the way for us to connect and commune and really make ourselves whole. So she began this ancestor walk and we start at 7.30 in the morning down at Panhe. It's an ancient village on the banks of San Mateo, and it's a Hashiman village. Throughout the years, ceremony has been done there. Numerous reburials took place there. Numerous ceremonies happened there. We continue a Panhe gathering in March uh, each year, and then we do the ancestor walk. We start there, and then we go to Puthidam, 
in San Juan Capistrano. Putinum is, a, you know, it's called the mother village of um, the Hashiman people. And at Puthidam, you know, Karone, our leader, who is one of the, she was one of the female leaders and one of the few female leaders that is, you know, actually recorded. It was recorded in Boscana's journals. And um, she led that village recently. You know, the community, we worked for at least 15 years to, to preserve the site. The actual Puthidam site is where the J. Sarah High School was built. It's a private Catholic high school. Across the street in um, the northwest open space is a continuation of the village. And there's a cultural center and an open-air museum that had been approved. The city, the San Juan Capistrano City Council wanted to renege and pull back on that on that park being built due to financial reasons. But the, the Putinum Park had been approved by previous mayors and by three city councils. And so just recently, just last week, we were able to, to find out that the park will be uh, will be built maybe as early as January of 2020. Mm-hmm. So we're very happy about that. We'll be meeting at the um, Northwest Open Space there. And then we go to our next site. We go to Newport Back Bay, the site we call Genja. It's a site. It was. It's on the corner of Jamboree and Santa Barbara. And it's as old as the pyramids. It, you know, it's an ancient, ancient village, at least 9,500 years old. And more than 600 ancestors were moved to build a Harbor Cove housing track. We go back to pray and uh, remember and to to pray that this kind of disruption doesn't occur again, because it's very unsettling for us. It's very, um, you know, we, we don't have the... we. In our culture, you know, we we don't, you know, people were buried and then left alone. So we weren't, we're not really prepared to do reburials, and the disruption of ancestors is is very very disheartening. Then we go to Bolsa Chica. We go to Bolsa Chica at about noon, and we go to uh, the corner of Warner and Pacific Coast Highway. There's two sites, Warner and Pacific Coast Highway, and then. Um, we go to to the backside on Bolsa Chica on Bolsa Avenue, and Bolsa Chica is a very significant site. For decades, our tribal members have been working to preserve the site, and it's a sanctified burial ground. It's um, eligible for the National Register for Historic Places, and it's the only place in California where it's the only place where cogstones have been found. Only here and um, Chile, so it's a very very ancient place, and these sites. You know, like there are there are history, there are culture. We pray, we sing, we walk the site, and we talk about the efforts of all the people who worked before us to preserve the site. Many of the people are gone now. Many of them are our ancestors or aunts and uncles who have passed on, and so we remember all the work that they did because they um, they felt that it was very very important for us to maintain these places so that we could come back to them, so that we could show our children. Then our next site is the Morichenga. It's in Seal Beach. It's across the street from the Naval Weapons Station in Seal Beach, off of Seal Beach Boulevard. And we visit like a memorial garden and pray. 
Here, you know, we remember the stories that happened here. Here, Native American monitors stood in a circle and to stop the development and protect the ancestors from further desecration. There was the Coastal Commission filed an injunction and stopped the work and the heavy equipment. The project was designed, redesigned, excuse me. There were four less houses built there. So we honor and remember everybody who worked there to protect the ancestors. And we just are grateful for their continued work, for the work that they, that they did. And then we go to Pavungna. And Pavungna is a gathering place. And it's all that remains of our creation site located on Cal State Long Beach. The entire uh, university was Pavungna probably all the way down, if you're familiar, to the Los Altos Shopping Center, all the way over to the river. You know, it was a huge village. And like I mentioned, it's called the Gathering Place. So we continue to gather. We've done numerous, numerous individual ceremonies there. We The Ancestor Walk, but I know there are solstice ceremonies done there. Recently, there were uh, ceremonies for young women done there. I've known of people who got married there. Often, people go and pray there. And so we remember all of the work that was done there. In 1993, there was a there was a huge effort by the community. There was a strip mall that was going to be built there, and the community came together. They formed the Pavungna Coalition. People actually stayed on the land, camped on the land, trained themselves to bulldozers, but there was a concerted effort to stop the development there. The site's listed on the National Register of Historic Places, and it's a certified sacred site. Reburials of ancestors have been done near there. So it's a very, very significant site to us. Recently, there has been activity and some disruption of it. And so my hope is that this ceremony, this healing ceremony, will help us work together, resolve our differences, come together as community to continue the preservation of this site. Recently, one of my peers said in passing, I want to be sure to leave things better than when I was young. And so that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what I'm hoping that this ceremony does, that it provides some of the healing so that we, the tribal community, can come together and work to resolve our our differences and work to preserve this site forever. People will be able to come and pray there and remember everything that happened there. And, you know, it is the last portion of Pavonga. You know, when you walk it, you can see the shell midden. You know, there's hawks that are in the trees. So it's a, it's a beautiful site. You know, it is a, a, a sanctified sacred site. Many, many prayers have been uh, left there. And that was longtime community member, activist, and organizer from the Hachiman Nation, Rebecca Robles, speaking on this year's Ancestor Walk, the 22nd annual pilgrimage of the Tongva and Hachiman people carrying prayers for our ancestors and future generations happening October 5th of 2019. The pilgrimage starts in the sacred village site of Panhe in the heart of the Hachiman Wanenyo Nation in San Diego County and concludes later that day at Pavungna in Long Beach, California. For more information on this year's Ancestor Walk happening October 5th of 2019, you can email Rebecca Robles at R-E-B-Robles, R-O-B-L-E-S, one at gmail.com. 
You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. In the next segment of our program here on American Indian Airwaves and as part of our ongoing series, Urban Indigenous Los Angeles, I speak with two California Indigenous peoples who are part of this year's 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders being held this October 10th through October 13th of 2019. This community and cultural event was started by Indigenous peoples in Los Angeles on October 12th of 1992 in opposition to the quincentennial celebrations of Columbus Day and to reclaim traditional spaces and to dismantle the myth of manifest destiny and to heal from historical and intergenerational trauma. The Many Winters Gathering of Elders Committee in partnership with Angels Gate Cultural Center in San Pedro, California, are the organizers of this year's 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders. Located on traditional Tongva territories, the Many Winters Gathering of Elders plays a vital role in the Los Angeles Native community's healing with the participation and support of the original peoples of the land. The gathering will host and welcome indigenous elders from across Turtle Island to share oral traditions, teachings, and medicine. Over the course of four days, speakers gather and share around fire under a traditional arbor. The vision of the gathering is to host a sacred space in an urban setting for people to come together with the intention to learn, pray, support indigenous and non-Indigenous communities, and to inspire a healthier future for Native people. The event is free and open to the public, and I have the honor and pleasure to speak with two of the Many Winters Gathering of Elders Committee members, Louis Robles from the Hachiman Nation and Sarah Moreno from the Chumash and Tonawatam Nations. And now, this year's 
15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders, happening October 10th through October 13th of 2019 with Louis Robles and Sarah Moreno here on American Indian Airwaves. Louis and Sarah, you are kind enough to share a song for our listeners that they just heard. And I was wondering if you could share with us again what the song is and what it's about. Oh, Miyuyan Mataksam. Well, that song was the uh, Tongva ancestor song. And the words are simple. And Neshun in Tongva means heart. And the words are uh, ancestors hear me listen to my heart. And Mm -hmm. so we sang the ancestor song. And you heard us accompanying it on uh, two native California instruments, a gourd rattle and a elderberry clapping stick. And uh, that ties in uh, because, you know, all of our songs, our stories, all of our history come from our ancestors. We learn about our ancestors through, through our elders. Our, mm-hmm. our stories are passed on to us through, through our elders. Thank you for sharing that. And for th- this year is the 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders. And I was wondering if both of you, maybe we'll start with uh, Sarah and then come to you, Louie, and talking about your roles uh, with this year's uh, Gathering of Elders and what's so significant about this year's gathering. Haku haku, salakoyo kakti. My name's Sarah. I have been involved with the Many Winters Gathering of Elders um, since I was in the womb, and my my family came to the, the first ones um, back in 1992, and this year, it started up back again in 2016, I believe, and I was a volunteer that year, and then I was a volunteer the next year, and then I was a volunteer the next year. Is this the fourth one? It's the third one. Okay, so it started in 2017. I, I was volunteering and then um, and now uh, I'm part of the committee, like the core committee. I was asked to be a part of that committee by Stephanie, who's um, Sally. So um, and she's the chair. Yeah. So I was, it was I was really honored to be asked by Stephanie to be part of it. Um, and I think she's coming at this year with a very uh, grounded approach in meaning like land based. Um, so she's coming looking for um, indigenous California natives. And I'm Shumash. Um, my ancestors are Shumash. Um, I'm also Tonalatam, but I'm I identify as Shumash because it's close to me land wise. So I was really honored to be asked to be part of the the committee and to bring a a California Indian perspective and um, to be involved in that way. So I was really excited. Thank you, Sarah. Louis? Uh, Yeah, I'll just uh, give uh, some of the brief history of of our gathering. And as mentioned, this is the 15th Mini Winters Gathering of Elders. It's held at the Angels Gate Cultural Center in San Pedro. Beautiful site up on a bluff overlooking the ocean uh, right near a a huge uh, Tongva village site. And... uh, you know, the San Pedro area is very historic. Um, 1542, when uh, Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo came through, he saw all of these native fires all along the coast coming from the villages. And uh, he named the area the um, Bahia de Fumes, but the Bay of Smokes, but it was already well established with Tongva. And the, um, the history of this gathering, uh, it goes back to 1992, which was the 500th uh, year that uh, Columbus got lost and came through to America. And uh, as, a, as a reaction to that 500 years, a gentleman by the name of John Funmaker, uh, he had a dream and he saw a sacred fire and around the fire he saw elders uh, and they, they were sharing uh, their stories and, and they were teaching uh, the people 
and uh, he so that he used that as a vision, and he he was in charge of a organization, a nonprofit. It was called the Iron Circle Nation, and uh, this this worked with native um, inmates who were uh, on their way to recovery while they were re-entering society. Uh, there were also gentlemen that were recovering from substance abuse, and so he saw this as a way of starting this gathering where they could uh, heal through ceremony and reconnect with their with their cultural side and their traditions. And so he saw he saw this vision of bringing together elders from all across the country to, and to just uh, share their wisdom and just uh, share their songs and, and just uh, spend time together. And so from that, just that simple dream, this has grown into this gathering is attended by hundreds of people over the weekend. It's a four-day event, and uh, it ran off and on uh, for about 12 years. And then it, it took a break. And uh, one of the visions of it was that there become a Indigenous Peoples Day. That was talked about then. And so now we have that happening. And in 2016, when Standing Rock was was happening, and uh, that started as an inspiration for John Funmaker's son, George, to uh, bring this event back. He saw the need. He saw the need for people to hear the elders' stories and their teachings. And so he um, started uh, to the conversation to bring this back. So starting in 2016, the gathering again began. And my parents were very involved in the first gatherings. Uh, at the time I was in my 20s, I was around, I still lived at home, um, and I remember my my parents hosted about 12 uh, elders, uh, Navajo elders, you know. Um, I remember my mom saying, are you gonna be home? Because I need your room. For, I can fit like four Navajos in there. So uh, so we hosted a Navajos, um, and uh, and my parents were very, very involved in those, those gatherings, and I have great memories of going. And then I saw that it was starting up again, and. Uh, you know, both my parents have gone to the stars. And so in their memory, I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to that. I'm going to go to that event and see what's going on. And so I went and I saw people I knew and reconnected. And uh, I, I did notice that they brought in these wonderful elders from um, all across the country, uh, from Oklahoma. There's wonderful people from Arizona, from up north. And they did have California people. But I talked to the organizers and I said, you know, we have a great wealth of knowledge right here in our area. We have wonderful Tongva elders. We have the, um, my tribe, the Wananyua Hashemem of Orange County. We have elders that know stories and songs. And we need to, I said, I'd like to see you really um, focus on, on California people. And they were so open to it. And they said, all right, who do we talk to? Why don't you be on the core committee and help us? And so for the past year, I've been on the core committee and and helping um, just to facilitate some of these connections and bring in people that my family know. And um, we're looking really forward to four beautiful days of, of um, stories and songs. And uh, we do a community sweat every morning and a nipi. Uh, we do a Lakota-style sweat lodge and every morning at dawn and then again every evening. And those are open, uh, open to anyone that uh, feels the calling to participate as long as they are able to follow our ceremonial protocol and uh, we'll have singers. We have different dancing groups. We'll have speakers and uh, there might be a few vendors, I believe. Uh, but but we encourage anyone that would, would like to come and and hear these stories and spend time with the elders. Any, any of those four days between October 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. The 12th is a Saturday. That's our real pinnacle day. Um, we have a lot of activities. We have... Uh, different dance groups, um, singers, and then it culminates with a, a uh, 
California bear dance ceremony and the bears are known for their healing powers and their, their strong strength and we make a big fire and, and the bears dance and we sing and then uh, people who need healing are invited into the circle and the bear offers their healing spirit and that's, that's a, a really special ceremony and it, it, we are family friendly, our gathering is family friendly and we are open to the public, we just ask that you come and follow our ceremony and the protocols, we have them posted and we make them clear, just um, being respectful when you're, when you're here and uh, and um, we have a website available. We have all kinds of information that we can share with you. And uh, it's it's just keeps growing. And each year, each year is different. But uh, it's a it's a spectacular location. And it, um, the earth really needs these songs. And and the people really need to hear uh, what the elders are sharing with us, the wisdom that the elders have. And uh, and so I encourage anyone that feels drawn at all to attend. Um, you are more than welcome to join us. And that's October uh, 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th at Angels Gate Cultural Center. And that's up at the top of Gaffey Road in San Pedro, right adjacent to the Korean Bell. Now with your own history, with the gathering, um, both participating in the first generation right, of the Many Winters Gathering of Elders, and now performing a role in an advisory committee as well as um, participating in the upcoming 15th Many Winters uh, Gathering of Elders. How, mu- how much has changed? Because the community was different. The community dynamics were different during the first generation, and, and you were part of that. And are your experiences different than other California Indigenous peoples? And what's so remarkable about this second generation of the Gathering of Elders? Well, you know, I really feel that the the organizers are, are carrying on in the true spirit of the original. They're being very respectful of of the um, of the elders and just going out of their way to accommodate them and make them feel welcomed here. Uh, the first the first few, you know, it, we were um, those were in reaction to um, the Columbus uh, observance. Now we have moved past that, uh, and uh, these are true. Um, social and peaceful events there's no type of protest people um bring their stories of what is occurring in their homelands and ask for support but uh there's no no type of protesting or or anything um that is taking place on these dates here it's mostly just very respectful and and uh i do see it as a continuity it's continuing the true spirit of the first years that you know, I was a, a bit younger and I just had great memories of the, the main thing is just the, the wonderful connecting of all these people. I remember um, years ago I was speaking to an elder, I actually was in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii and I was speaking with a Hawaiian elder and we were talking about where I was from and we were, I shared a story from my land and then he shared a story and then he looked at me and he said, you know what, all our secrets are the same. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're from miles away, but really when we're together, it's just like... Uh, just like we're family. That's the thing about Native people. When mm-hmm. you're together, you're family. Yeah. You know, you're accepted as family. You come in, there's that connection that mm-hmm. you feel. And uh, it really is, you really do feel that. There's all these wonderful little conversations going on. You know, there's a big, beautiful arbor that we're allowed to build on the bluff. And, and that's the main focus area. But there's um, all kinds of connections. And there's people that, that come uh, every year from out of state. And so, you know, you're reconnecting with old friends. Uh, it's just a really, really special time. And it's special time of year um, in the fall. And the name, the mini winters, uh, that's because we as, as indigenous people, we have uh, survived many winters. We have 
made it through many cold, dark times, but we're still here. And so the name Mini Winter speaks to that, our perseverance, our strength, our our spiritual grounding, our cultural revival. Um, and we tie into that by, by bringing together these elders and giving them the opportunity to to uh, share their knowledge and their wisdom. And Sarah, what, what's your experience as someone who's experiencing this second generation of gathering of elders as a California indigenous youth and in your role and participation? Mm-hmm. Well, it was really cool growing up and going to it because I... I live. I grew up in San Pedro, and um, and so it was like an like a yearly thing where I, it, we all looked forward to it, and it was like the first time I ever experienced bear ceremony, which is like a really powerful and um, special ceremony that that has persevered and survived through the genocide. So it's really special for California Native people to have that ceremony still happening. So it has the spirit of healing, you know, and it's really powerful to see our ceremonies persevere. So that was a really big thing when I was little because it was the first time I ever experienced that. And it was like the first time I was like super little. So I was like, it was like, shh, listen. (laughs) And that's like such a like native thing to be like, well, just listen, like, don't talk, just sit there and listen. So I was like, okay, like kicking my legs on the chair, like looking out at the ocean. And um, and, I, and I I know that I must have taken something in because growing up listening to that, to those to elders speaking, I know that I, I took in the lessons of like very simple lessons of like be respectful, listen, and, um, and that like we're all connected. Like what Lou is saying that like we're all very land-based and very respectful of of um of where we stand as a, as far as like the the circle of life <laughs> but how we like um we are the take caretakers of this land you know and i have an auntie that someone pointed out to her that and it was like an elder that like of all the 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 things in this world there's like the water the land the plants the animals we are the very last ones that depend on everything else. Nothing depends on us to survive. So that is just like a huge teaching for me and um, something that is goes across like indigenous value systems that like we are the caretakers and it's our responsibility. Um, and that is really cool to like see um, now going to these gatherings and hearing this just be be talked about again and continuing to ground in that in that value that like it's our responsibility and that like it's our responsibility to leave a legacy for our future generations so that like our children will still have gatherings like this where we'll still hear the elders speaking about those um, teachings and so it's really awesome to be able to like have grown up in it and then like pause and then like to be a part of it coming back that's really awesome too because like I, I think it's really important to just um, talk about the land that you're on, you know, especially if you're going to be doing ceremony with elders across the nation. Like you have to make sure that the Tongva people whose land that we're on, the caretakers of that land are involved and are just like a big have a big voice. And so I was really honored to have been asked to be a part of it, even though I'm not Tongva. I was just like, that was the first thing I said when, when they asked me. I was like, so are you having Tongva elders now? Like, because that's really important. <laughs> um, so 
that was really cool because Stephanie was like, yes. She was like, that is like my focus. Like we just need, really need to honor the land that we're on and just make sure that their voices are heard and are at the forefront because people in the colonized system often forget. So. And that's um, one thing that is really special about being part of this committee is this whole event is put on by volunteers. Everyone in all the positions are volunteers. There's no one that's paid. And so we start talking like almost as soon as one event is over, once we catch our breath, we start planning for the next year. And we start with our core committee and then we take on, um, it's a huge undertaking. The location is very large. We need all types of support staff and we get all volunteers to run everything from hospitality for the elders, parking, accommodations, just everything you can think of. We have security force, we have fire keepers and, uh, and all these people are volunteers. And so, um, you know, without the volunteers, it wouldn't be be the success that it is. And each year um, we get a new group of volunteers. We have people who come back year after year. We have families, um, the whole family volunteers. So that's the true spirit of a community event. And you're listening to American Indian Airwaves, our ongoing series, Urban Indigenous Los Angeles, as we speak with core committee members of the upcoming 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders being held this coming October 10th through October 13th of 2019. The Many Winters Gathering of Elders was created on October 12th of 1992 in opposition to the quincentennial celebrations of Columbus Day and for indigenous peoples to reclaim traditional spaces, dismantle the myth of manifest destiny and to heal from historical and intergenerational trauma. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. On the second part of our program here on American Indian Airwaves, we continue with our series on urban indigenous Los Angeles with core committee members of the upcoming 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders being held this October 10th through October 13th of 2019. The gathering is put on by the Many Winters Gathering of Elders in partnership with the Angels Gate Cultural Center in San Pedro, California. Located on traditional Tongva territories, the Many Winters Gathering of Elders 
plays a vital role in the Los Angeles Native community's healing with the participation and support of the original peoples of the land. The gathering will host and welcome Indigenous elders from across Turtle Island to share oral traditions, teachings, and medicine. Over the course of four days, speakers gather and share around a fire under a traditional arbor. The vision of the gathering is to host a sacred space in an urban setting for people to come together with the intention to learn, pray, support Indigenous and non-Indigenous communities and to inspire a healthier future for Native people. The Many Winters Gathering of Elders is free and open to the public. And now on American Indian Airwaves, we continue with our second part of our interview with Louis Robles from the Hachiman Nation and Sarah Moreno from the Chumash Nation, both committee members for this year's 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders. And now back to the interview with Sarah Moreno explaining the song listeners just heard. I really want people to know that we're still here, that like we've had these struggles and we are, we are having these struggles, but we are resilient. And so the song says that, let's talk about the old ways. Let's sing and dance. Let's bring it back to life. And at the end, it says, Ki antikich, we are alive, we are alive, we are alive because of our ancestors. Um, and a teaching that a lot of indigenous folks say is, um, be a good ancestor because seven generations from now, what's the world gonna look like? And your grandchildren, are they gonna be here continuing to practice the ideals of thinking seven generations back and looking seven generations ahead? Yeah, so that's what the song is. Just we're alive and let's continue. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing that. I was wondering for our listeners who may or may not realize that California indigenous peoples, such as the Tongva, such as the Hachiman, do not have a land base whatsoever. And so for California indigenous peoples, but also indigenous peoples from elsewhere that now call Los Angeles and Orange counties their home, and given that we're so spread out and so decentralized throughout the colonized landscape of Los Angeles and Orange County, talk about how important it is to have this temporary space to have this community and cultural gathering, such as the case for the 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders. Exactly. It's um, it's like we claim this space for the whole four days and it almost becomes a village. It becomes mm-hmm. a thriving native village and there's all site types of activity and it's as i mentioned earlier such as it's a beautiful site up on this bluff overlooking the ocean it's been usually clear and we have a beautiful view of the island of pimu catalina you might know it as but her real name is pimu and uh, she sits just right across the channel there and we have beautiful view of her nice wind comes up there's always hawks that are circling it, it really truly does become magical and i know that sounds cliche but it does and you once we start the fire at night it's so dark and there's no lights and uh it uh it's really our place for the whole four days Um, we get uh, support from the uh, city of los angeles department of recreation and parks the angels gate cultural center is under their jurisdiction and they've been working with us Um, we would like to see a long-term goal of them allowing us to leave the arbor up year-round because a lot of effort goes into constructing the arbor and then they require us to have it down within three days Um, we put up teepees uh, just for people to be able to see and sit in though they're not um, native to this area our type of housing was uh, called a kicha, which 
is a Thule reed hut, and we'll be constructing some of those. Uh, we'll have uh, Thule boats out for Thule reed boats that were constructed last week. We'll have those visible for visitors to see. Uh, we might have some hands-on demonstrations for the kids. As well, there'll be uh, food available with a focus on, on native food. And uh, also this Sunday, the 29th, we will be having a fundraiser. And, uh, you know, we don't receive any type of all of the funding that we receive for this event. We seek out. We do get uh, some funds from different uh, civic organizations. And we've also reached out to local uh, federally recognized tribes that uh, have the support of a casino. And they've been gracious enough to uh, offer funding to help us. Uh, we've, we try all different avenues to receive funding and can always use more. <laughs> There's a GoFundMe site if you feel it in your heart to help. And our benefit with all funds um, benefiting our many winters gathering of elders is this Sunday. It's in San Pedro. Mm -hmm. Sarah, why don't you tell them about that? Mm -hmm. So the fundraiser is going to be at a place called the People's Place at 365 West 6th Street. So it's in downtown San Pedro, San Pedro. Um, so it's going to be on 6th Street in Pedro. There's a $10 suggested donation at the door, but no one will be turned away for lack of funds. But um, Why don't you tell some come. of the acts that are going to be there? So Vienna Aguilar, Juan Castillo, Sally Free, The Mourners, Aslan Underground, and El Vu. But they're really awesome performers and um, artists, indigenous artists from L.A. So it's really cool. I'm really excited. I will also be singing because I was asked to. And yeah, we'll have different Native people standing up sharing some songs. It's just going to be a real nice afternoon of hanging out. There'll be vendors. There'll be food for sale. It's just going to be a real nice happening. Uh, Atslan Underground, if you've never seen them rock, you're missing it. Um, Five. It starts at 5. starts at 5 p.m. And uh, we encourage anyone who wants to come down to Pedro and support the Mini Winters Gathering of Elders. Uh, that is our fundraiser this Sunday, the 29th. Mm -hmm. And the artists that are performing at this benefit concert for the 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders, they too are donating their time and energy in, in support of this community and cultural event. And for our listeners, I was wondering if either one of you could give our listeners a sense of some of the topics that they'll be exposed to by indigenous peoples when they come and participate in the 15th uh, Many Winters Gathering of Elders. Um, I know that Wensler knows he's going to be there. And he's from uh, the San Carlos Apache Reservation. And he stands for um, this really sacred spot to the Nde people, Oak Flat. So if y'all have never heard of Oak Flat, there's um, a mine that's trying to, they're, tr they're trying to mine there. And it's this really beautiful, I've been there, um, really beautiful site where there's a bunch of stones that look like spirits like swear they look like like they're beings you know and so and that's just like a signif a signifier of how sacred this space is and so they're trying to build a mine there and um all over turtle island um indigenous people are being attacked by the forces of colonization and capitalism and so Wensler is just an example of um of the people that are standing up and fighting um spiritually and legally and um physically standing up to these forces 
so that's just one example of the people that are going to be there talking about their struggle. Um, there's always these folks that are there talking about like the ICWA and how just children of indigenous pe- folks have been taken for generations and how it's, it's so important to keep children in indigenous communities. Then we were going to have someone from Mount Achaia, but they're standing at Mount Achaia, so <laughs> they can't make it. Um, go ahead. ICWA for our listeners is the Indian Child Welfare Act, and that was a federal law passed in 1978 to, it was supposed to help ensure that indigenous nations could prevent their indigenous uh, youth and relatives from being um, taken out of their their nations and being raised and colonized by non-native people. And, and it's a federal law that's consistently been under attack since it was passed back in 1978. So I just for our listeners that aren't familiar with ICWA. So for our listeners, um, you know, not only is the event free, it's open to the public, but, you know, all these issues that you've raised so that you've just touched on are issues that things that we've covered over the years. And I think what's so kind of unsettling, if you will, that these issues are still things that we have to talk about and that the forces of colonization, as you just mentioned, continue to rear its ugly head and and constantly chisel away at indigenous peoples and their respective First Nations fundamental human rights. And this gathering provides that sacred place for us to come together and, and share those stories of struggle. So true. And this and though, you know, this is not a day of protest, there's no, um, you know, it's uh, it's very respectful, but part of this, these elders' uh, knowledge and their wisdom is their struggle as well, just their struggle. And so when they do come to us from from uh, their their homelands, from their state where they live, from their res, or, uh, they're also uh, coming to share and raise awareness of, of what's happening to them, you know, um, for us here, you know, for for my people, the um, Ahashimem of Orange County, you know, we've, we're, you know, Disneyland's in our ancestral home. Uh, we've had hundreds of years, and I always explain to people, you know, sometimes you get a blank stare when you say I'm a native California Indian, um, and uh, they seem to think that they just sprinkled water on the ground and the missions popped up. Uh, but, um, you know, for a lot of our tribes here in Southern California, we had already had over 200 years of contact before a lot of some of the tribes in the center of the country had ever even seen a non-native so our situation here is unique and uh, we survived by speaking spanish as well as our language by going to catholic mass and keeping our traditions at home but uh, we are still here and uh, we still have our stories and uh, we are uh, we are strong people and you're listening to american indian airwaves our series on urban indigenous los angeles we're speaking with Louis Robles and Sarah Moreno, who are on the committee for this year's 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders, being held October 10th through the 13th of 2019 in San Pedro, California. And now back to the interview. And speaking of, we are still here in the intergenerational living experiences of indigenous peoples, California indigenous peoples and strong families that are part of the communities. I was wondering if you can talk about this idea of intergenerational families as we encroach upon the 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders. 
Well, I know for me, the way that my sisters and I were raised, there was just no question. It's this is this is who we are. This is what we do. And this it's um, it's like your your duty, your duty to the future generations. And I remember my mom saying, you know, my mom was to her 80s and she was still doing activist work. She was still, you know, present at out on sacred sites. And, you know, and I was like, Mom, aren't you tired? You're getting old for this. And she said. She said, no, the ancestors won't let me, won't let me rest. She said, you know, I, she said, I didn't ask for this. She said, but they talk to me and they tell me, you know, and so now it's my mom telling me, keep it up. You got to do this. You know, remember that song, teach that song. Remember that story. Um, stand up for, for uh, what you know is right. So it is kind of like, a, it's just an unspoken feeling that you get. You just know it's there, but it does connect you. And that's what's one thing that's unique about being here in Southern California, where specifically I can go to a village site where I know that my family has been since 1769. And fortunately, it is still open. It's down um, in uh, Southern Orange County, you know, and I can walk this trail along the creek to the beach. And I can know that my family has walked that literally for uh, generations, for hundreds of years. And so that gives you a real connection to where you are. And for me, I can see uh, beyond the cement in the building, and I see down to the very, um, you know, the very soul of the earth. And that's that's my connection there. Is that one of the villages that are part of the Ancestors Walk? Correct. That's the village of Panhei. And that's where uh, that's where the, the day begins at, at daybreak there at the village of Panhei. Louis, given your family's history and contribution and sacrifices over the years, how does it make you feel to see California indigenous youth out there wanting to learn the language, the songs, and the history, especially at community and cultural gatherings? Oh, well, it's, I mean, it, it feels really, it makes you feel really old is what it does, because like when Sarah was here talking about her being at these uh, the many winter gatherings i remember her being a little kid and running around you know and now she's a grown woman and uh no it makes me uh really really happy that there is this next generation standing up and because i was wondering sometimes when they'd be telling me when i was a teenager in my early 20s saying you have to carry this on you have to carry this on but it's a lot of weight it's a it's a lot of weight and there's a lot of especially being urban and living here and you have all these other entities and forces pulling you away from your culture you know oh come come here do this you know and now even more i see more distractions for the young people. But at each and every gathering I go to, I see um, the next generation stepping up and listening. And, and so I know that they'll be here to listen and get the stories and the wisdom from these ancestors, uh, just like I did. And then they'll be there to for me to pass it on to. And so it for me, it's really reassuring. It's, it's reassuring and out of a, a kind of it's a bright light in a, a bleak, dark world. <laughs> Sarah, you as well have um, come from a very large and strong family in the community, and and I know you've um, had the opportunity, uh, even at this stage in your life, to experience some of those intergenerational family living experiences. And Zara, maybe you can speak to that as we come upon um, the next gathering of elders. Yeah, so my my dad was was there, as I said, like when I was in the womb in 1992, because I was born in 92, December, and <laughs> and um. I think these Levi's are older than you. <laughs> um, 
and uh so and the elders gathering happened in october so my mom was pregnant and um my dad was there and my dad's always been friends with tony portillo who's one of the founders of the many winters gathering of elders and he lives in san pedro too and um it's really cool because my dad gets to come back and he gets to experience like seeing it again and like seeing all the guys that he like used to come to the elders gathering with so it's really cool to see him like reconnect with with those folks just because he's been we've been more focused in on uh, like Santa Barbara and focusing on Shumash culture and like um that's where like I've been as well like as far as like community I've been focusing more and more I think because that's just such a ancestral pool like you were talking about being able to walk on the same land where your ancestors were and so that's why I've been so focused on Santa Barbara um but growing up in LA um, and like you said, having a really strong fa- familial tie to L.A. is really inspiring and really grounding to the place, especially because I've gotten I've been able to grow up with Louis and with his family as as people to look up to as elders to look up to um, not to call you an elder <laughs> elder in training. <laughs> um, um, that's what we say. Elders in training. And so um, so it's been really awesome to be able to have the connection to the people of this land growing up and to know how important it is to acknowledge the people of this land and yeah it's been an honor to grow up with so many people that have been involved in community and in activism like my my grandparents were involved with the um cesar chavez when he was going around and he they housed him back in the day i've heard stories about him and um and my grandpa was like a union leader. I thought that's super cool, super important just to fight against capitalism. <laughs> um, and and now that that's been an inspiration for me to um, to really ground in indigenous teachings and um, which is like total opposite to in opposition to capitalism, you know, so that's been an inspiration for me. And um, and it's definitely given me a lot of drive to maintain learning the teachings and to keep singing the songs and keep telling the stories and to listen to the stories first. So this coming October 10th through October 13th, 2019 is the 15th Many Winters Gathering of Elders being held at Chawenga or Angels Gate Cultural Center in San Pedro, California. It's free. It's open to the public. There, people can come and hear indigenous peoples share songs, stories, and struggles. And for our listeners who come in and attend this gathering of elders, what would you like for them to come and and learn and to experience and and why it's so important? Well, it's just a time to uh, you know to be unplugged. And, and reconnect and listen and uh, without all of the, you know, the cacophony of our modern day life. And the past couple of years, I've noticed like because the Angels Gate Cultural Center is a public park. So there's people from the neighborhood that walk their dogs through there every day and they come and they stumble upon this gathering and you see their like wonder, like, wow, what is going on? You know, and then someone will sit down for just a minute and some will stay for hours. Some I'll see them go home, take their dog back and come back with a jacket, you know, and and there's people that come up and they say oh I live in the neighborhood I, I heard this was going on you know and 
Um, I came last year, and this year I brought my sister and my neighbor. You know, it's uh, it's growing, and and it's that word of mouth, and people truly appreciate that opportunity to connect with with uh, these elders, which really are a precious resource. And uh, you know, they're they're not going to be here forever, so there is a timeliness to this and their message. And I think that just people sitting there and listening to the stories, to the music, I think that it feeds their soul in a way that our modern life has, we've forgotten or we've lost that ability to touch the earth, to, to just reconnect um, for a few moments. And it just becomes like this big, the, the energy level goes, there's great energy, wonderful energy, and I look forward to it. It's, it comes real quick. It seems like we just start planning and then it comes. And um, we do have a website, and it's mwgoe.org, and that's Many Winters Gathering of Elders, mwgoe.org, and that is our website. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Many Winters Gathering of Elders. We're on Instagram and also Twitter at mwgathering. Invite you to check all of those out and be part of, of this wonderful event. Uh, Bring friends, bring your kids, you know, everyone is welcome. Sarah, any final thoughts for our listeners? So in mainstream society, it's gotten to a tipping point where humanity is imbalanced with the earth. And the reason for that, in my opinion, is because indigenous voices have not been a part of the mainstream narrative, nor has it been a part of mainstream societal value systems. And so I would like people to come and listen and to take what what they hear and to implement that into their own lives and to do what they can to spread that word of, of living in balance and living sustainably because indigenous folks with the tools of cultural knowledge and cultural grounding have the capacity to save the world the moment of silence is over and that was louis robles and sarah moreno speaking on the forthcoming 15th many winters gathering of elders happening in san pedro california this october 10th through the 13th of 2019 for more information, you can visit the website at mwgoe.org. That concludes our show for today here on American Indian Airwaves. A special thank you to our guests, Rebecca Robles, Louis Robles, and Sarah Moreno. A special thank you to our musical guest, Aragon Star, Koopa Aina, Louis Robles, Sarah Moreno, and the band Blackfire. American Indian Airwaves is mixed and mastered in the studio of Burnt Swamp Studio in Signal Hill, California. For Marcus Lopez, I've been your host for the hour, Larry Smith. Until next time. And for the innocent, you can't justify why your freedom manifests on their graves. And the blood never comes clean from their guilty minds. Nor the hands that hold the chains
Silence is over.